This is Nerve Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 26th installment of the Delayed Kickoff podcast. Joining me as ever, Jamie. I don't know what comes for us. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. Hello. 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 Sorry. Right. I forgot to press uh, continue to agree to being recorded. Yeah, so did I. Consent. I was searching for a game. I have found the game. Brilliant. And Maximus has returned after his one-week hiatus. How are you, Max? Uh, I'm not bad. I would like to rename this podcast to Griffo Gang. <laughs> we will not be talking about the context of that comment as we progress straight in to the feelings. How are we feeling? I was going to go straight to the news, but I thought that's actually asked. Into our feelings. Is this a counselling session? <laughs> Delayed counsel off, yeah. Um, <laughs> jump straight into our feelings. <laughs> I was going to say news, and then I thought I actually haven't asked how you are. <laughs> Just answer me so we can move on. How are you? <laughs> I'm quite sad, Charlie. Oh yeah, what's that? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm great. I'm great. No counselling needed here. Good. That's good news. Max, how are you? Not bad, mate. How How are you two? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Hopefully, we're slowly progressing out of the situation we find ourselves in as a planet. Yeah, fuck lockdown. I'm sick of it now. Yeah, I am as well. <laughs> on the ropes. I think everyone is. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the ropes. Bit remember your start remember start <laughs> you remember start with it. I like swear that you anyway because you just don't, you just don't go clubbing or anything. If we Who, were... me? Yeah. Oh, I, I can't lie. I just want the gym to open. Fair enough. Nah, I couldn't give I couldn't give a shit about the clubs. I'll probably go just because they've not been open in a while. But and the Euros will be on. You have to go to the clubs when the Euros are on. To be honest, mm. when England are in a major tournament, you have to go out and celebrate. Unless we unless we go out in group stage and there's not really much celebration <laughs> yeah. to go. If we go out to Iceland again, that is not something to celebrate. And Gareth Southgate is the manager, so anything can happen. Well, speaking of national managers, let's go jump into the news because the first bit of news is that Joachim Lowe is stepping down as the Germany head coach after the European Championships. And uh, Jurgen Klopp has denied his availability for that job. He might be available soon. Yes. Give it a couple more game weeks. I, I doubt it. I think yeah. they're back on form when they play us. I don't know, so. Everyone says. Uh, everyone said last time they beat Leipzig in the first leg. Oh yeah, that's that'll give them the confidence to bounce back, and it didn't do anything. They still, nah. still shit. But I, it wasn't I, their I next game. City. They're playing us away from home like, as well for them. So I personally yeah, think they're going to be fair. They seem all right away from home. Maybe not all right. Less shit away from home. So yeah. <laughs> if you're playing them at Anfield, it, it was it's guaranteed dub at this point. But mm. yeah, yeah, you well, know. It, they might scrape a draw. Yeah, well, let's not least focus on the actual bit of news, which is that Lowe is stepping down. Um, he's been a very Wait, good coach. Did he step down or was he sacked? No, he is going to step down. I think by his mutual agreement after the Euros. I never understand the step down because I feel like it's when a club wants the coach to leave but don't want to disrespect him we just say step down he's, he's been there a long time hasn't he and he's won yeah, the world yeah. cup with them he's won I think um, other yeah. cups that aren't as important you know beat Brazil 7-1 which is basically a cup in its own um, so yeah he's done very well but yeah I, I think he must like a club like a high club 
Yeah. He'll get found out if he manages the club. I think... If he goes to the Prem, give him... Well, he won't, but if he did go to the Prem, give him a job like... Not a top six job, but Hmm. a sort of Leicester, Everton, West Ham sort of job. And I reckon you could see something. International managing and club managing are just two two completely different things, but so different. Like Gareth Southgate got to a World Cup semi-final, but I'm convinced he's a League One level manager. Yeah, there's not the best. Can you think of any managers that have conquered both? When I say conquer, (laughs) but like have done well at club and international level. I can't Uh, think of. Oh, don't. There's not many, are there? No, I can't think of any. I can't think of any England managers. Uh, was it, was it Sachi who won the World Cup with Italy? Who? Lip- oh, yeah, was Sachi. Um, maybe. Uh, yeah, won, but... yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I feel like if there was 2006, it was it. Oh no, it was Italy. I won it in 2006, but who was their gaffer? Was it Lippi? Marcelo Lippi at that point. Lippi, and he did quite well at Juventus as well. I mean, Lopetengi is doing well at Sevilla, and he he wasn't that good at Spain, was he? So that doesn't really count. I feel like if we are, I don't think there's any been that have been successful in both in our generation. So if we are missing any that are quite obvious, we apologise. We are. We are not from there. We are young. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. we are fairly young. Lippi, Lippi, Lippi is up there. And Jamie is the oldest on this podcast, so he is to blame. Yeah, Lippi's well up there. He won the Champions League with Juventus, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You've just got Google up, haven't you? No, I haven't. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he, went, he, went, he was manager of Juventus in the early 2000s and they won a Champions League. <laughs> you went from having no idea to all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. No, you definitely, no, you definitely remember, trust Google up there. I remember my, I was literally talking to my dad about it the other day. That is such a random thing to talk to your dad about. <laughs> no, we, we just talk about shit like that. <laughs> like, brilliant. Um, yes. Uh, that that who who do you see taking the job? If say Klopp's not going to do it, which he says he's not. Um, I think it will be. <sighs> it's so hard because it's probably going to be like a. Oh, do you know, I think it, like I think classic football fan now and say Nagelsmann because. I'm just bored of hearing Nagelsmann's going to go everywhere like this. I think uh, Flick might have it from the yeah, Bayern manager. I think Flick as well because he I think he could player. be on his way out of Bayern. Yeah, they have a successful season in the world. They're in a very um, very difficult title race at the moment. Mm. And it's, normally, it's hard, if, yeah. you don't, if you don't storm away with the league by at least 10 points with Bayern, it's probably a failure. It's like mm. with PSG. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they don't look great at the moment. Because, I mean, yeah, PSG got dragged into a title race. I don't think they're even top of the league and uh, Tuchel got sacked. So, yeah. they're sort of clubs where winning the league is an absolute minimum. So, if he leaves Bayern, I can imagine he might he might go to Germany as their manager. That's true. Is there any Germany German players that have since retired? Because that's the sort of norm at the moment, yeah. isn't it? With ex-players. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's any... Uh, Schweinsteiger. Schweinsteiger, yeah. Philip Lahm, Philip Lahm, Philip Lahm, yeah, that'd be a good. Is, 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 is Balak in management? He retired a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah, I feel like it was quite a few that could go in there. Yeah, 
So I mean but that could I'm be not, an option. But I think I think a lot of um German supporters might be quite happy that he's left because he he had the whole thing about refusing to let the older players play like Muller and Hummels and all that. Ozil and maybe, all of them, yeah. yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll get a chance now, depending on who comes back in. Because Muller's been on great form, but if you would just say he basically just said, no matter what, he's not playing. Don't, don't yeah. care how he plays. Yeah. Which could be it could be a good thing to do with the to bring the younger generation through. But you have to sort of if someone's playing really well, it doesn't really matter how old they are. You've got to put them in there. Mm. Yeah, they've got a really good squad, Germany. Oh, buzz yeah. Pay rise. Sorry, I just found out. Yeah. <laughs> Great news. Great news live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the news section as well. Perfect. Well, come on. There's no point going through the rest of the news. It pales in comparison to that. Yeah, no, that is the news. I was just about to say Rangers have won their first title in 10 years after selling oh, three, but I mean, we are <laughs> that's the nothing to Max. <laughs> we are the people. My dad got a trial at Rangers in 89, so holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> Obviously, you what are you going to say that your dad getting a trial is why Rangers won the league? <laughs> um, well, you know, it, it could be in some way. Could be indeed. Um, yeah, big Stevie G's done it. Obviously, yeah. the players have as well, but a, a big one there for Stevie. Yeah, mm. I mean, looking at this, he could have, Gerard could actually have such a good future in, in management because he they've done it. They've, they've not they've not even just won the league. They've done it so convincingly. What are the you like conceded like nine goals all season. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. You know what? Do you know what? This is going to be really controversial. I'd actually consider taking either one of Goldson or Tavernier to the Euros. Yeah, I feel like they get overlooked because everyone yeah. just it's for oh, Scottish yeah. League. Genuinely, yeah, I'd, I'd take because they've been so good that you speak to any Rangers fan. Goldson's probably been their best centre back this season, and he's been he's been another level. I genuinely, I really, I really enjoy watching Ken. Yeah, Kent Kent wouldn't be a bad choice, but I think we've we've yeah we're we're way too overlooked in that position. But I really enjoy watching him at centre back. I think we could really do with a player like Goldson. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Kent and Tavernier would have no chance because we're sort of we've yeah. got too many players in those positions. Way too many players, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but with with Gerard, um, he's not really just doing it in the Scottish league. Cause everyone could sort of overlook it and say, well, it's the Scottish league, but he's doing really well in the Europa League as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what they've got a what is it Slavia Prague tonight? Yeah, the team that lost. Uh, they they not Leicester, but I, I can fancy Rangers going through there. Yeah, same. I, I I don't know. It'll be it'll be an interesting one. It yeah, it, I mean it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for Celtic to bounce back. Yeah, I think it'll only take it can. You, you look at who 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 they could get in in the summer, and yeah. think about it. They'll probably get in Derek McKinns, uh, former Aberdeen manager who was sat the other week. I can see that happening, um, but I do think that they'll probably be back fighting, uh, putting up more of a fight this next year than they did. Yeah, they won't have another year like Darwin now. Yeah, yeah I can imagine it's quite it's a job that a lot of managers might want. Cause it's quite um, to come in as a Celtic manager and kick Rangers off the top. Yeah. There's something something a lot of managers want to do and you'll be you'll be held in quite high regard if you can do that. Especially if you knock this Rangers team off the top because yeah, they they're great. very good. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because previously you come into the Saudi job and the league's almost sort of guaranteed because Rangers kind of weren't there. And yeah. it was all about how you perform in Europe. But now Rangers are top. 
you now have a job of getting back to that perch, as Jamie said. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's a lot more competitive now. It's what you want. You don't you don't want to see leagues where it's just one team dominating. So yeah, now 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 it's become a two horse race again. So yeah, and that's good to see. That's good to see. And yeah. I think everyone can say they'd had enough of Celtic winning it because their fans seem to think they are very relevant. When in fact. You win nine league titles on the bounce, one of which, yeah, was pretty good because you went unbeaten. But at the end of the day, they, they shouldn't have won it last year because it was unfair. It was against the integrity of the competition. Um, yeah, they got non-avoidable. That season yeah, they went unbeaten, yeah. Rangers were only just back in the league and were sort of, sort of getting themselves together. Season before last was, yeah, pro- probably their most credible of the, the ones they won. But... You, the, that nine in the row, it won't be talked about like the nine in the row in the in the nineties uh, by Rangers and the and the other nine in the rows by by Celtic teams and Rangers teams in the past. Uh, it won't be mentioned in the same breath because Rangers just weren't there. And Scott Brown can sit there and say it will be, but he's wrong and he knows he's wrong, and he knows he's only won those nine titles in a row because he didn't have any stiff Celtic didn't have any stiff competition. Yeah, I thought I find it really annoying when I see. You know, when Celtic fans will, or anyone will just say, where would Celtic finish in the Premier League? Yeah. And anyone who says top four, it, it, it just pisses me off because they, they wouldn't even get close to it. Because as, yeah. as good as Rangers have been this season, I don't think they even get close to top four if they were in the Premier League. No, they'd definitely be up there, though. Definitely. Yeah, they'd be up there, but I don't, I don't think... When you think of our top four and how many teams are battling out, as good as Rangers have been, I still don't think they come close. They're probably on par... With Villa, maybe. Yeah, and that's saying the a one lot. team. That's saying a lot. Yeah, and Villa's having an okay season, so. Yeah. Hmm. Um, final point on this: How long do you see Steven Gerrard at Rangers? Until obviously, I think most of us are aware that some point down the line, Steven Gerrard will be the Liverpool manager. It's just destined. Yeah, whether he goes from Rangers to yeah. Liverpool instantly, or whether he, you know, goes takes the championship job and maybe works his way up. Yeah. Um, How long do you see him staying at Rangers for? Uh, another five years at least. Five years. Yeah. Really? He's building something at Rangers, mate. He wants to take him to a dynasty, and if they win the next five league titles, I can see him. What probably won't happen, but I can see him staying there for a long time. Yeah, see, I kind of agree with that because. I think it all depends on how long Klopp stays at Liverpool. Yeah. I can't I can't see him managing a team in England that isn't Liverpool. Mm. I think it'd be weird. It's I think it's like Lampard with Chelsea. You can't really imagine him managing anyone else yeah. in in the Premier League yeah. if it's not his club. That's true. So I, um, it, it sort of I think it all depends on how because I think if when Klopp leaves, Gerard is probably the most obvious replacement if he keeps this up. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of clubs that are going to be going in for him and offering him very good contracts if he keeps this up at Rangers. Yeah. And it's important. I think you are right because Frank moved from Derby to Chelsea far too quickly. It's all about, and uh, Stephen yeah. would have seen that. And he probably is going to, you know, he's won it with the title, which is already more successful than Frank was at Derby. He's going to buy his time. He's maybe going to get a few more league titles under him. Mm. And Rangers is back into that competitive team that they are, and yeah. you know become a Rangers legend, and then move on to Liverpool. To be fair to Frank, I think he might. I don't think at the time he 
sort of wanted the Chelsea job. I think he wanted to get more experience under his belt. But when you got offered the job, it's hard to say no. I think if you I think if he looked back now, he'd want to get far more experience under his belt before being thrown into a job like that. Yeah. A bit like Arteta. Because that's his dream job and it just came way too early for him. And now you're sort of thinking, will it come for him again? Because he's going to have to prove himself a lot before he gets offered a the Chelsea job again. And that's that's obviously his dream job. Gerard at Liverpool yeah, playing I think, Chelsea, that'll be interesting. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like Gerard's playing this really well. Because he's mm. really getting good experience and he's proven himself a lot. Yeah, he's, yeah, he didn't rush into it. If I think I yeah. think the same thing would have happened if Frank stayed, but I mean it could be getting to a point where I'm saying get Gerard in for England, but I don't know whether um I don't I don't know if he'd want that. Uh not yet. It, yeah, it's it's very different being a England manager, isn't it? It can, could sort of halt his progress because there's such a there's such big gaps between games that England play. I feel like club jobs are just more exciting for managers and it could Definitely. stop his development as a manager. Yeah. But I'd, I'd like to see him as I'd like to see him as England manager if he keeps this up. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Definitely. Um, I just wanted to touch on a bit of news that's come out sort of today. Ben White to Man mm. United. What are you thinking, boys? No. Oh, where's where's this? Where's this from? Uh, various sources are reporting it. Uh, the primary source is a man called Jonathan Schrager. Oh yes, Jonathan Schrager. He's I I am familiar with him. Um, no, not for me. Oh, but... The thing is, you have to consider how much Man United would pay for somebody like Ben White. And if you pay 80 million for Harry Maguire, you're going to pay something, you know, too high for Ben White. So if, if we, I, to be fair, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that familiar with Ben White. But he had a very good season in the championship last season, and he's probably been one of Brighton's best centre backs this season, other than Dunk, who's been scoring goals. Yeah, I wouldn't be uh, hugely against it, but I think it's not really what United like. Obviously, we do need a centre back, but when I look at United centre backs now, I think we need that extremely dominant, high profile centre back like a Cooley Valley or a Varane. Yeah, we, we need some, we can't, we can't have another centre back come in who's not going to be the main man. We need we need one of those. We need like a, a we need like a, we need a Ruben Diaz or a Virgil Van Dijk who's going to come and be come in and be the main man. I don't know if a Ben White would do that. Yeah. It could be a bit early for him. I don't, I don't know how old he is. Yeah, well, speaking I'm, I'm of human, he's young. Yeah, but, but I, mean... I wouldn't I wouldn't be extremely against it if he came. I'd accept it, but I'd want us to get another centre back in there who's going to be who's going to be the main man. It kind of, well, I was going to say stinks, but it is kind of that you know that classic United deal of, yes, yeah. aim for uh, aim high for Varane and the Vale. and then if that doesn't work, which it probably won't, then you know buy Ben White and hope the fans are happy with it. Yeah, but if you said to me right now, White or Lindelof, I'd I'd, uh, I'd be taking White every day of the week. Oh, but yeah, but I mean, if you offer me any new centre back. Yeah, within yeah. reason, I would probably take him over. Yeah, the, the, the bar is the bar is quite low. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Man United, they've had a little shake up upstairs. Um, when I say shake up, they've rearranged a few people. Um, John Murta is now the uh, football director. Dan Fletcher becomes the club's first ever technical director, and Matt Judge is the new director of football negotiations. Uh, so I mean, 
nothing too newsworthy here, to be honest. They've just given people new job titles, basically. So what, what's Ed? What's Ed doing now? I think he still over, overlooks it, but it's kind of taken the pressure off him a little bit and kind of gone. Like he was the f- football director, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the chairman, I, and now John Murtagh's the football director. We just need someone who knows football in that in that role because I I'm just getting sick of Ed being in that position. Yeah, well, you need so a many DOF like a proper yeah. like just any, anyone who even slightly understands football. Because I think it was Louis Van Gaal who said, who said um, Ed Woodward had absolutely no clue about football. We just need someone who's got any sort of experience in football. Fucking hell. Can you hear that rain? Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. It's just come over my way. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a delayed weather off. Um, so, yeah, it's basically just a shake-up, isn't it? Um, do I see anything changing? It, don't get me wrong, it's good that they have made these changes. But at the mm. same time, how much change is it, realistically? Is this just a PR spinning going, oh, look, we've changed a few people upstairs, be happy. So, and I, I saw someone on Twitter say <laughs> that it's almost like a school reunion because all of these people, Dan Fletcher, former United player, of course, but, you know, John Murta, Matt Dudge, all of that, I think they went to university together. So they're friends. So it's basically like mates rates sort of situation, which you wouldn't really get at many other clubs. But I mean, it is exciting and you've got to really play this one by ear and see how it progresses. And this summer transfer window will be very interesting. Yeah, we've got cheer. We were we were asking for change and we finally got it. Um, yeah. Uh final bit of news. Uh, just touching on it because I wanted to buff out a little bit. Mark Noble has signed a one-year contract, uh, and after that one year, he is set to leave West Ham. I mean, he's been there basically forever. What an absolute legend West Ham have in Mark Noble, but it's his final year next year. Any opinions on this? Um, United have needed a player like Mark Noble for years now. To be fair, that isn't Wrong. <laughs> a player with the what, what do you mean? A player like Mark no, Noble? Not the saying United need Mark Noble. I no, no. That. A Somebody player else, like yeah. Mark Noble. So a player with the passion of Mark Noble. A player with the leadership abilities of Mark Noble. Scott McTominay is slowly becoming that. I'd say a lot of what Mark Noble brings to West Ham. Because Scott McTominay slightly brings to Man United. You look at Liverpool, they've got a good captain in Henderson. Um, I'm not even sure who City's captain is anymore, but they seem to be going far without it. But that United side, that core, and even Wolves, to be fair, like we've got we've got a good captain in Cody. But that that if you guys want to start properly challenging, you need a captain like Mark, like a Mark Noble. I think I think we've got one of them at the club. He's just not captain. Bruno. We've got Bruno. Bruno. Hmm. Bruno's Bruno's perfect for the captain role. But he's just not our captain. And Arsenal need it as well, mate. Arsenal. Arsenal need one like that as well. Because, I, I, mate, who's, who is their captain now? Orba. Is it Xhaka? Oh, no, it's Bam, yeah. You know yeah, what? They need, need a character. like Every club needs a character like a Mark Noble. 
Yeah. That, that, that's what that's what breeds success. Yeah, Aubameyang is a shite option for a captain. Yeah. They just give it him because they probably just give it him because they want him to sign a new contract. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. But uh, to be honest, I think United have got the closest thing to a captain like that. Yeah. With Bruno Fernandes. He's yeah. sort of a captain unofficially for us. And but I don't think they're ever going to take this captain's armband off Harry Maguire. Because if you were going to last summer when all that was happening in Greece, that was probably the best time to. And we didn't. Yeah. So we move on. Uh, we do, actually. We move on to the results of this past week, starting with... Aston Villa versus Wolves. That happened to end nil-nil. Max, opinions on your um, team? Very, very poor game uh, in which no, neither side really properly dominated. Uh, we had a few flashes of brilliance. Villa probably should have been 2-0 up at half-time. Um, I, will, I will say John McGinn is not all he's hyped up to be, but I will also say the same about... Um, Adama Traore, that game was pretty. Uh, like, I love Adama. I think he's brilliant. I think he, he he does well for us. But there was a stage when Pedro Neto had broken free and no one was up with him. And I'd, I'd the first person I'd be expecting is Adama to get up there, purely based on how quick he is. And I'm very disappointed by William Jose so far because he's not getting into the danger areas. And yeah, very but, hard um, to replace somebody of the caliber of Raúl Jiménez. And I was I was disappointed to see the amount of diving by both sides in that game. Um, it was a very dive central game. I feel like you get that a lot in a in big derby games where yeah, it's big yeah. because everyone's trying to get people sent off. Yeah, um, I think Villa were. This is just not even me being biased. I think Villa were probably the worst for it. I think anyone would tell you that. Um, I think that game sort of. Uh, it sort of showed how much Wolves have underachieved this season because yeah. Villa are not miles ahead of you. I'd question, uh, you know, you could make the debate, but you're very, you're very similar. You're on a similar level, especially yeah, after no, that I agree. game. I agree. And, yeah, yeah you, you should be, you should be doing as well of them, as well as them, if not better in the but table. We have got, we've got better players than them. I would argue, like we well, have. Well, we'll pause that conversation there because still to come is quick fire picks, which might be something similar to. Yeah, that. I know, but that's quick. Quick, so I just want to. I just want to say we have got better players than them. We have got, we haven't got as much depth as them. That's the issue. So where yeah. they've got Watkins out, they've got Wesley to replace him, and where they've got Greenish out, they've got Barkley to replace him. Where where we've got Vitinho or Neves out, we've got Vitinho or Otisawi, and that's not good enough. No, no yeah, no, I think that's nothing against Vitinho and Otisawi. They're not experienced and proven players. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we need players like that. No, I totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, William Jose has disappointed me since he's come in. I feel like he, has he scored yet? No. No, yeah. Yeah, he's not he's not really been the perfect replacement for uh, Jimenez at the moment, has he? No. It would have been fine, I think, if they actually found somebody who would get obviously not the same amount that Raul Jimenez gets, but hmm. a similar number. But with Fabio Silva and with William Jose, neither of them have really reached those numbers. And that is the reason. I think Wolves are sort of not in that Europa League fighting where they should yeah. be instead of just sort of mid-table. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, yeah, we we've played we've played pretty direly this season. Yes, 
Um, one side I would actually like to see go go on and get Champions League is West Ham United because I think after years of Where's mismanagement, uh, poor treatment of fans, the the new stadium, I I think they did that they probably deserve a Champions League um, spot most out of any of the other four teams. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd really like to see West Ham. I've got a real soft spot for West Ham um, and because I, I, I completely sympathise with what they're saying um, about their owners because they are they are an example of owners that are pretty useless and pretty poor. So I completely get it. And yeah, I think out of any of, of the other 14, maybe Newcastle are up there. Um some of their fans won the really up. Good. All right. Um, well, yeah. I, I don't know how this conversation has gone on to West Ham, but let's let's uh, quickly discuss West Ham because. Um, uh, oh, that I was going to say it was going to be my result. Oh, okay. Well, you can bring that back once we've discussed the more interesting derby, in my opinion, obviously, which yeah. was Manchester United against Manchester City, the Manchester derby, where Man United picked up a big two 0 victory over the Premier League leaders and champions elect. I think we can safely say. Um, Jamie, uh, I'm not going to ask you if this was a shock because clearly it was, but you still must be pumped after that result, right? Yeah, but um, it sort of pisses you off a bit because you're like, why aren't we up there challenging more? Well, yeah. why, why, why did we draw to Crystal Palace nil nil and look absolutely a few days before? Yeah, like how do you go from that Crystal Palace performance to that City performance? Because it wasn't, it wasn't even like we, it was just sort of like a. It was we didn't deserve to win. We just got two lucky goals, and I think there was there were large periods in that game where we were actually the far better team. It wasn't just a counter attack masterclass. We we did actually look really good in in periods of that game. So yeah, I just it's just sort of confusing. It's really it, it's good for us because we need to sort of secure this top four. I don't want to get dragged into a big top four race, but why are we? This was a perfect season to challenge for the title. And we just we just fucked it by dropping points to stupid teams. Yeah, that that yeah, I, I understand. That is annoying. Palace, yeah, it's just... You kind of it's have just... to take yourself away from that situation, though, don't you? And go at the start of the season with the transfer window going the way it was. We we're like, okay, the, it, with poor window, top four. Okay, let's just consolidate top four. And now we're yeah. second, and I mean, we're in a title race for all of two weeks it's still far better than what we thought we were doing. So I'm trying to look at it that way. But yeah, there is a bit of me that's going, if we beat Sheffield United, if we beat yeah. Palace, you know, if we beat West Brom, then we we would be up there. And even even if we wouldn't run, and of course losing the Tarts of City uh, in April or May would be devastating and heartbreaking. But yeah. at least we would have been in a tight race for the entire season with a team like Manchester City. That says it all. I just don't understand how this team can be so inconsistent. It's so frustrating. Hmm. I think the other well, thing I always go back to is Gary Neville calling them. Though, you've got inconsistent players in your team. Yeah. Players like yeah. Marshall, uh, Rashford, Greenwood, they, they've always been inconsistent kind of players. Yeah, it's like Martial's been absolute shite and then he put in an absolute masterclass against City. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. They could have, I mean, he should have had a goal himself. And I don't, I, if, I, if we could just get Martial, I'm not even not even asking him to do it every game. If we could just get a Martial that does that 80% of the season and just comes, becomes a bit more consistent, we'd have a really good yeah. player. I'm fully aware 
that against West Ham on Saturday, Martial will probably go back to being shite and he'll do nothing. You, you just, I think the transfer policy in the summer has to be signing players that are consistent, signing players like Sancho or Haaland or someone like that. Yeah. Someone that's putting yeah. consistent shifts for teams this season and hasn't let the side down. Yeah. Yeah, we've just there's too much inconsistency, especially from attacking players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're that's so, in and, they're so in and out of form. It's so annoying. I feel like Rashford might be the only one who's been well. Rashford and Bruno, who have actually been quite consistent in terms of goals and assists. That that's that's where your problem is because you you, you need consistent. Because if all the attackers have a, have an off day, when you go one nil down, you aren't going to come up one come back because because they're having a bad game. You you're not going to. Have the have the motivation or the spirit to come back and get it to two one or one one, because your players are just having a bad day. So you need a player that's got that, that's also got it in them to to want to claw the game back. Well, yeah, we've got a player like that in Bruno, but we just yeah. need more players like that. We need more of that mentality, and then because that's yeah. what that's what was so good about Fergie's United. It's full of players like Rooney, Ronaldo. They weren't quitters. This United team has it's got a lot of quitters in it. It's got a lot. It's, it's got a bit of a quitters mentality. And I can see Solskjaer's trying not to, uh, trying to knock that out of all the players, but it's gonna it's gonna take a couple of years. No, I think I think I think that's a very intelligent comment what you've just said there, and I think yeah, you're very yeah on the money there. Uh, I have just fired up Twitter to see Man United's uh, team against uh, Milan. Uh, Henderson's in goal. Then we have Wambasaka, Maguire, Bailly, and Tellez. Then in midfield we have got Matic, McTominay. Then we got Greenwood, Fernandez, and James, and just behind them, or just front of them, I should say, is uh, Big Tony Marshall. Bench: Bishop, Grant, Lindelof, Shaw, Twensebi, Williams, Fred, Ahmed, and Shortire. That's a, that is a very depleted bench. Yeah, if we're struggling for goals in this game, I don't really see uh, where they're going to come from off the bench. Mm-hmm. McTominay and Matic, you know, in centre mid is it's very questionable. It's, it's weird. Yeah, imagine if imagine if you would have said. At the start of the season, that Luke Shaw wouldn't be in the starting lineup, and I'd be pissed off about it. Like <laughs> when Luke Shaw's not in the lineup, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, that is such. No, a I'm not lineup. pissed off with it because he needs a rest. Yeah, he needs a rest. Like... And tell it, tell us. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. to be fair, but uh, I'll be interested to see uh, what AC Milan's lineup is because that they could really get ours. I think. Yeah, let's let's actually have a look at that. Um, if someone wants to bring in a result from this past week. Well, I get the AC Milan oh, teams up. Oh, oh sure. What was that? Uh, I was just going to say West Ham United two, Leeds United nil. Yeah, West Ham looked very good in that game. They did. They did. They do look like extreme top four contenders here. And David Moyes is a uh, David Moyes' turnaround of his career to get it back towards what it was at Everton. Yeah, he's done, he's done so well. He looks like a proper manager now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting to the point where he might be well, I mean he'd have to do it over a more consistent basis, but oh, he yeah, could course, yes. he could be in there for a for a higher up job again. Mm. It just it just because I think I think he obviously can do that because United came at an awful time. I think it would I don't think anyone would have succeeded in that time at United. Yeah. And I think that Probably scarred him for a bit. But It'd be interesting to see if he actually got a job at a top six club and see if what he, he was can... kept at United for longer. You would yeah. have won a new Yeah, I think he should have. He should have been given more of a chance. But I think at the time, everyone was saying get him out. Hmm. But if you look at the bigger picture, 
no one was doing well at that time for United. Yeah. It's probably the hardest job in the world trying to take over from Sir Alex Ferguson. And Sir Alex Ferguson didn't exactly leave us with the greatest team. Like, I feel like, if, I feel like if, if Alex Ferguson left after we won the Champions League in, 2000, in the 07-08 season, Mm. It would have been a far easier job because we would have, we had an amazing team, but yeah, he didn't he didn't leave us with a with something amazing. He left us with a Premier League winning side, but that was only because he was manager. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, I want to see I want to see David Moyes continue to to do well at West Ham. I reckon you know Tottenham Hotspur could be something that he could be doing in the near future. I don't think yeah, I definitely like long term plan for Tottenham. So I yeah. do think that was a good one for. Um, them. But I feel like he's going to have to do it for a over a lot longer period of time before. Oh yeah, bigger, before bigger bigger clubs, the fans of bigger clubs accept him. Because even though he's doing well, I feel like if you asked a lot of Spurs fans, do you want David Moyes? And I feel like a lot of them would say no. Yeah, a lot of them would be like no. He's got he's got to prove himself a bit more. It depends how much Jose Mourinho has taken them out as Tottenham fans. Well, yeah, to be fair, well, they're getting back on it now. To be fair, so um, they do they do look a lot better in recent. Yeah, in recent form, and we can't forget that last year West Ham and David Moyes were in a relegation fight. So yeah, it, it yeah, seeing it, it's now proving uh, next season is going to be interesting in my view because you know you can do it one season, but it's what you can bring after that, and that's why I'm I'm a big fan of Leicester because Leicester have sort of done what West Ham are doing this season, but they've done it consistently. Over the last yeah. three or four years, maybe no, occasionally no, mid-table. No, not over the last three or four years. Literally, last season, season after, and then when they won the league, and then when they won the league, that that, that counts. I mean, there. that's pretty good. Um, yeah, but they, they they are consistently there or thereabouts. You you can't deny that. Chaz, yeah, and I feel they, like if you... they've done it next season. I will say they are consistently there. Two seasons in a row, pe- people aren't saying we're we're consistent up there, and we finished seventh two seasons in a row. So I just I'm not I'm not I'm not commenting on that until they finish. Yeah, but it. seventh two seasons in a row is a bit different to fifth and then third place. They're yeah, but they, they still finish. They you got to remember West Ham have a game in hand. And if Leicester lose two games, West Ham then take their place in the top four. Chelsea will get top four. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, certain. yeah I'm kind of certain. West Ham, Leicester and Everton and maybe Liverpool over who gets top four. Spurs aren't far off either, so I, I don't know. Yeah, Spurs are well in there. Spurs it's be, are yeah, it's very interesting. Spurs are actually my pick for fourth place. I think um, United, City and Chelsea are all guaranteed top four obviously well obviously with City I think they're all guaranteed but and I think Spurs will will snatch for fourth place I think but it'll be a, it'll be a very good battle yeah it's true and I, I, I'm still I'm still kind of looking at Liverpool saying if they can find some sort of consistency they're the team that can go on a major yeah. I just can't I just place. can't see uh, I just can't see any consistency coming with that defence that, yeah that is true is it until until we get one of their defenders back? Obviously, especially Virgil Van Dijk, I, I can't see them being consistent. That is true. Um, and their only route to next season's Champions League might be to win this season's. Uh, no. Jamie, what's your result that you're bringing to the table? I wanted to talk about Arsenal Burnley because there was a, there was quite a lot of things that happened. 
I think if are we doing a are we doing the conversation? I think we are very much doing a conversation. And yeah, I feel like there, a is, lot of there is so much to talk about. It's the biggest conversation that's ever happened. The oh, big, right. yeah. Well, so mark it that one. Biggest conversation ever. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the uh, most of the things we want to talk about in the Arsenal Burnley game are probably going to come into that into the conversation category. So we'll it's talk about too... Arsenal. What the draw means for both Burnley and Arsenal. Though. Yeah, I feel. I feel like it's. I feel like it's quite irrelevant for both of them, to be honest. Because mm. Arsenal season's done and Burnley aren't going down. Yeah. So it's a bit of an irrelevant game, to be honest. Arsenal fans need to stop getting so stressed over Premier League games because you, your season's done. You're not getting relegated. You're not getting any European football. Just, just calm down a bit. Focus yeah. on the Europa League. That you're not going to win. <laughs> um. Definitely, I think that that that. <laughs> I I love bantering Arsenal fans; they're great. Yeah, fuck Arsenal. Uh, yeah, but we'll we'll discuss a lot of that during the conversation. I was sure. Um, I'll touch quickly on Tottenham against Palace. Tottenham four, Palace one. And as you said previously, Jamie, you know I think Tottenham are slowly getting their rhythm back after a bit of a sticky spell a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but I mean. Kane today, um, I think it was, yep, two goals, two assists. And that's proving to me that he is the best striker in the world. And whether you agree with me or not, I think overall, Harry Kane is the best striker in the world. I think in terms of goal scoring being clinical, maybe Haaland is maybe above him in that category, but overall play, what Harry Kane is doing this season is something I haven't seen many strikers do. That he's consistently putting up goals and he's consistently putting up assists. And it, it's it's so surprising because he's so high on both. And you see Harry Kane so high on the top assists and top goal scorers that you kind of think, well, Tottenham should be a bit higher than where they are. I think, but, uh, well, I think their recent form increasing better form it's, it's come a lot it's, a lot of it's come down to Gareth Bale yes. like he's finally hit form and once you finally get that front three of Son because we all talked about it at the start of the season but it never really it never really took off once you get those three actually taking off and a, and a, and a very informed Gareth Bale you're going to you're going to be scoring a lot of goals and that's what we're doing now yeah yeah I I don't want to say Son's gone off the boil but he hasn't you know, continued that free-flowing form that he was in at the yeah. start of the season. Yeah, I mean, he still got an assist on the weekend, but it was sort of just overshadowed by how good Kane and Bale were. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if you can get that front three clicking all the time, or yeah. at least 80% of the time, then, you know, probable near-type contenders. If that's yeah. just, I mean, Jose Mourinho in defence, I mean, that is a beautiful combination. But if they can get those through firing, then they've got to be within a shout, haven't they, at the title? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I'd, season, but... I'd given up on Gareth Bale. I thought it was done. But I think it was. He got, like, nine goals and assists in his last six games. So I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to see him finish the season well and uh, continue on with Spurs. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think he should stay. Because I think, I think a Gareth Bale playing well, it's just, it's, just a, it's just a win for football. I think everyone wants because he... When he's when he's when he's bang on form, he's one of the best players in the world, and 
Mm. I just I just want to see I just want to see him doing well. To be honest, even though he's not playing for United, he's playing for Spurs. Yeah, no, it, he's a he's a good player. Uh, he's one of those players that you can enjoy watching. Yeah, uh, even when he's scoring two goals in the Champions League final. Um, Liverpool wasn't. Yeah, uh, controversially, a comment to Max on Twitter. No, that wasn't controversial. Controversially, <laughs> hang on. Hang on, I never said that was controversial. I said their knockout goals were controversial. You just you have an agenda against Real Madrid. Maybe change your spectacles because I said their knockout goals were controversial. Oh, and they did score a late winner in the final against Atletico Madrid. I reckon, we get, I reckon we get a tier list going biggest robberies in football. Yeah, Real, robberies Madrid, Real Madrid would be the top tier. We usually, there's a lot you could have. No, I think... Uh, the Barcelona against Chelsea semi-final. I think that's, I think, I think that's the uh, biggest one. No, nah, Real Madrid by Munich, sixteen seventeen was the worst referee. No, I don't know. I think everyone looks at the Barcelona Chelsea one as one of the worst games. Yeah, but you, referee. You think that's because that's because we're over here. I imagine in Germany, they probably talk about that game like they talk about like we talk about Barcelona. Yeah, uh, Chelsea. Van Persie, uh, Van Persie against Barcelona was a massive one as well. Yeah, we need we need to get that we need to get that Taylor's going. Mm. Taylor's of robberies. <laughs> Imagine yeah. a Taylor's of referees. Real Madrid because they are the biggest cheats on the planet. Taylor's of Premier League referees. Oh yeah, I just uh, thought about the uh, the nanny red card as well against against Real Madrid. Yeah, out oh, that absolutely livid at that. That was awful at the time. <laughs> one of my favorite players ever, by the way, nanny. Yeah, oh, we're, ba- we're basically turning this podcast into the uh, robberies oh. too. I would prefer Grandad, to be honest. You prefer what? Grandad. It was a bad joke. Don't hold your hopes <laughs> up for anything funny. Um, I'm so confused because I, I thought you said Grandad, but I didn't. Yeah, move on because I still don't get it. Nanny. Nan. Grandad. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, move on. Move yeah, on. Thank you. Well, let's move. <laughs> Edit that I mean, Yeah. At least conversation's coming up, so. Right. Yeah. Right. something to look forward to. Right, I've kind of gone a little bit further than a week because I've kind of thought to add context to some of these decisions, we need to go a little bit further than a week ago. So, and we didn't really do one last week. So, let's start with the Callum Hudson Joy handball when Chelsea drew nil nil United. Penalty. Well, I mean, oh yeah, penalty. <laughs> a lot of these you're going to agree. Yeah, that's just an app. I, I don't understand how it wasn't given as a penalty because when a, his arm's in the air, and I feel like when an arm, when a player's arm's in the air, the only like argument you can make against it is if they like smashed it at them from like a yard away. But it, it wasn't even it wasn't even a case of that. It was the ball was just bouncing, and he used his hand to hit away from Greenwood. Yeah, and I just don't understand how you can't give a pen for it. It's like. He stopped the game as well. Like it's normally to wait for the ball to go out of play, but if he stopped the game while the ball's still in play, you sort of you sort of think it's a certain penalty. And then when he went, I don't understand how he could go and look at the screen and not give that. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, yeah, you know VAR is literally video assistant refereeing. Yeah, I mean, you need yeah, constant that's referees. Even, that can... Yeah, that's not even VAR because I mean the pers- the people controlling VAR were obviously saying that's a penalty and that's why he stopped the game while the ball's still in play. I don't understand how a ref can go to the screen and look at that and 
and say it's not a penalty. It, it makes no sense. I think I've seen 90% of people, or 95% of people say it's a penalty. Only 5% are probably biased Chelsea fans. Yeah, I think they're the only people who say it's not a penalty. So I think I saw someone on Twitter say that, you know, Hudson's arm was up because he was having a physical battle with Greenwood and it just hits his hand. It's not a penalty. I'm like, no, shut up. It's an unnatural position. Yeah, what are we talking about? This doesn't make sense. And then we go even further with this handball when Fulham had a goal disallowed against Tottenham when Spurs players smashed it into Mario Lamina's arm. And Fulham then go on and score. And then it's disallowed because it was smashed into Lamina's hand, which was literally by his side. That was fun. See, that, that, one I, that one I understand because that was the rule. The rule has always been oh, if, yeah, it oh, yeah. someone's, if it hits someone's arm or hand in the build-up to a goal, then the goal's not being given. At least hmm. with some consistency there where that wasn't something that I looked at and thought, oh, is that going to get disallowed? As soon as you saw it hit his arm, you were like, yeah, it's getting disallowed. It doesn't matter how harsh it is. But since then, they've changed the rule, haven't they? I don't, I don't know what they've changed the rule to, but it has been changed, hasn't it? They're changing it uh, July. Uh, July. 1st, oh, they're changing it in July? Yeah. Oh, so it's still going to it's still gonna be, if it hits the arm, no matter what, it's disallowed goal. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, obviously, no one wants that rule to happen. There's nothing. Yeah, um, see, I don't, I don't even mind it that much because at least it's consistent. That's sort mm. of the only thing I want from VAR is consistency. Because if you yeah, get consistency, that's all anyone wants from VAR is a bit yeah. consistency, but it's just one, not saying it can. Once you get consistency, it just makes it a level playing field for everyone in the league, mm. and no one can comp- no one can complain about biased decisions. Because if it's the same for everyone else. Then it's just it's just a level playing field for everyone else. So consistency is all I want because then no one's got an advantage. Yeah, there's a difference between handballs out of the area building up to goals and handballs in the penalty area, because what the next three are are all handballs in penalty areas. Well, two of them are Kante against Liverpool, where his arms were literally above his head or by the side of his head, completely in an unnatural position. Hits his arm or hand. It wasn't even the arm. It was the actual direct hand. And it wasn't given as a penalty. And yeah, ugh, it sucks, doesn't it? This season's sort of just gone from one extreme to the other. Like, at the start yeah. of the season, you had handballs getting given in the penalty area for, ab- for absolutely nothing. And now you've got clear handballs where everyone agrees that it's a handball and they're not being given. That makes it even worse. And Yeah, they've, just not, they've not found a middle ground. They've literally just gone from one extreme to the other. Yeah, it's been pretty, pretty poor in that in that respect. And then, who's in charge of making these decisions? Because I feel like they've never watched football before. I think there needs to be a level of common sense. I honestly do. These referees, they need to have. I, I understand you have to referee to the rule book, and that still needs tweaking and changing. But there needs to be a bit of common sense. In yeah, it was the game. just so. There's so many of these decisions where like. You, there's referee performances where you could just get a normal football fan off the street and we do a better job. Mm. Yeah, totally. It's getting that bad. And then Eric Peters handled when Nicolas Pepe tried to knock it around him. I mean, that was that is literally the worst one of the lot. There's not one person that's not going to say that's not a penalty. The, way fair, he the, only, around, the only reason I'd say it's not as bad as the Greenwood one is because that was hit at him from about a yard away, but it's obviously a penalty. Well, yeah, if, if, if the arm wasn't there, Pepe knocked it around. Yeah. 
probably was well. It's Pep yeah, like missed, the, the, it was a good scoring opportunity. That was the only thing I was like questioned from Arsenal fans who were like, everyone's against us. There's a conspiracy against Arsenal. Even though the exact same thing happened to United and then the exact same thing happened uh, for Liverpool against Chelsea. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's consistently shit at the moment, to be fair. You say that, and I'm totally just um, agreeing with you on that one. But I've actually included an example where VAR was used effectively because Eric Peters, yet again, well, nearly handballed it. And I can't even remember. I think was, Pepe had the shot. It hit Peters. Ref thought it was handball. Sent Peters off. Went to VR, Hit his shoulder. And the ref, the decision was overturned. That is when yeah. VAR works best. Yeah. See, VAR is good. The refs are just the refs and the laws are just shit. Definitely. I think, that, I think that's. I think like that's, that's just to sum it all up. There's nothing wrong with VAR. I feel like the, the main complaint yeah. about VAR is that maybe it takes too long to make decisions. But the, the, if you sort the referees out and you sort and you put some decent laws in place, then VAR is going to work perfectly and there won't be that many people complaining about it. People say that it takes away from the game, but I think in some situations it adds to the game because that yeah. Juventus Porto, Porto game, which was an incredible game, um, they had the corner in like the 90th minute and Juventus needed one goal to go through and they're checking potential penalty VAR and I'm like hang on a second and that's the moment for you on the edge of your seat holy crap this could happen yeah I feel like I'd rather have the correct decision than celebrating a goal and then it gets disallowed and then you think oh yeah it's taken away from celebrating goals because like I this there's been I'd, like I'd rather I just want the correct decisions because if you lose if you lose top four by three points because of a shit offside that wasn't given because there was no VAR there to see it, that's going to piss you off a lot more than getting a goal being given. And then it gets disallowed after you've celebrated it. Yeah. yeah. It apparently takes away from celebration. Like, you'd much rather have the correct decisions so then you don't, you don't feel hard done by. Definitely. There's a few here. There's three trivial ones here. Um, Ampadu gave away a penalty against Southampton. I think we well, that was sort of a bit of an irrelevant game in my opinion, but it was a penalty. Just clipped him uh, and didn't get the ball. Kane offside goal against Palace. That one where Kane was offside, but because he was behind the ball that Son played across goal, he was onside. And they got the lines out again. Uh, what, what's your opinion on the lines? Well, you need them, don't you? Because if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna be if you're gonna be precise about it and get the consistent get consistent decisions, then you can't just go off. You can't you can't not use them. That's true, but then, then a lot of, it, a lot, of it's be, a lot of it's going to be opinions. Then, yeah, mm. I, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of want the benefit of the doubt, and then the fact that if it if you can't see it with the human eye, then don't get it. But Gary Neville, um, for all his flaws and um, pros and cons, whatever, he put it brilliantly on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. In most sports, it like winners, losers, stuff is determined by millimeters. Yeah. You know, the the, yeah. the winning horse in a horse race that is could be a few millimeters. Motorbikes, 
motorbike crossing the line it could be millimeters so in terms of that it is good to get the lines out to check if the millimeter is offside yeah but and he said that it's always going to be offside and as much as it's painful that that decision is coming and you know you're offside by an armpit hair mm. or maybe not an armpit hair but a kneecap it's still the right decision no matter how yeah. it's I mean, it should cause less debate because you're either offside or you're onside. People need to go back to go back to the days of before VAR. Like a good example is the Cardiff one against Chelsea, when I think it, it definitely cost Cardiff. When the uh, I can't, I think it was Aspilicueta was about three yards offside. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, it wasn't given. And that was that was the game where Neil Warnock at the end of the game just stood there and stared at the refs. <laughs> just stood yeah. in his head. The iconic. with his hands on his head, isn't it? Beau iconic. Yeah, uh, I bet he, I bet he was wanting VAR after that. See, I'd much rather have, I'd much rather have yeah. VAR now getting the lines out than refs and like well, than linesmen making decisions like that where it's just so clearly offside and you miss it. That's there was nothing more annoying than that when a goal was against you and it was so clearly offside where it was given. True. Yeah. True. Um, I put down the Harland situation because it was. <laughs> I'm not going to write the whole thing out. So basically, Harland scores his second goal. Did Did you watch the Dortmund game? Either of you? Is this Is this yesterday? Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah, on Tuesday. I, think I know what you're going to say. I did. I did see this. Yeah. Ha- yeah. So basically, Harland scored, and then the referee they were looking to see, I think, whether it was offside, and then they gave a penalty for something that happened over a minute before the goal to Dortmund, Harland's penalty is then saved, and then after a minute of play afterwards, the referee goes back, realises the, there's an encroachment, and then re-gives the penalty and Harland scores. Mm. I felt like with that, they were like, they couldn't decide whether the goal should have been given or not, so we just went, right, we're going to go back and give a pen, because I, I, don't, I don't know, it, it didn't really look like a pen, but I think because they couldn't decide whether the goal should be given or not, we just went back to that and just said, Brian, we'll just, we'll just give a pen. Hmm. Yeah, but what this passage of play thing, it's I'm not a big fan of going back over a minute. If if you go back over a minute and it was such a clear decision and it affected the next minute of play, then I, I, I'm for that. But if you're going back over a minute to disallow a goal, I, no, but scored. if the goal should have been disallowed, then it shouldn't matter how long the ball was still in play for. Because there, there was a situation in the you know in the Italian league where there was a penalty and it was sort of a clear penalty, but the ref missed it. And the ace, I think it was the AC Milan players, kicked the ball out because they knew it was a pen, and they knew if the ball stayed in play for long enough, the ref wouldn't go back to it because it had been too long. So they kicked the ball out of play, and then it eventually was a penalty. But I don't think it should be like that. I don't think you should actually have to kick the ball out of play. I think, I think if VAR decide that it's definitely a pen, then I think the uh, it should just be stopped whether the ball's in play or not. But I think you've got to, there shouldn't be like a certain amount of time because then the te- the other teams could just sort of if they know it's a pen they could just sort of pass the ball around, wait for it to be over a minute, and if it's over a minute and they can't go back to it anymore, that that is true. Yeah, it's a bit. It's, it's shit house tactics, really, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like if it's a pen or a, or if it's an offside or something like that, you have to go back to it no matter what. Yeah, definitely. Um, finally, 
Phil Foden was fouled yesterday in the Man City Southampton game by Alex McCarthy, the goalkeeper. How this wasn't a pen is yeah, anybody's is guess. The most blatant penalty. Yeah. See, this strikes a debate of this is why people dive. Yeah. It's happening. Because because if you don't go down, you don't get the pen. He he, he went down and got back up. Like that's it. I feel like if he went down, rolled on the floor crying for a few minutes, then he would yeah. have got that pen. Yeah. This is why school of football, yeah. <laughs> you got you just you've got to start giving pens whether they go to ground or not if it's a foul then if you yeah. want to discourage diving a, then yeah, start giving fouls when people stay on the feet diving if people are just going to be yeah like that it's just yeah no help at all it's not going to solve the diving issue we've got in the game yeah because you get situations where someone's kicked where someone's kicked but and they know full well like they've not gone down from it but they know full well if they don't go down yeah. they're not going to get a pen so they throw themselves to the ground and everyone starts saying yeah you've dived but we know full well that even though the contact hasn't forced them to go to the ground if they don't go to the ground they're not getting the pen yeah just, it just needs to be changed but if it's a foul when it's a foul would be hit the deck or not definitely um on the topic of diving aston villa versus wolves happened last saturday as we've discussed uh, we didn't do a quick fire picks last week and I was struggling for a quick fire picks topic this week. So I've gone back to Villa and Wolves and I'm going to give you the Villa and Wolves corresponding players in each position and you're going to tell you're me which was better. Wind me up. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, you're I spent... You're literally doing this to wind me up. It is absolutely pathetic. The length you go to to wind <laughs> me up. I'll tell you my thought process behind this. Yeah. I, I was, I was wondering what quick fire picks we should do. And I was wondering, we could do something about England, but I think we could do that near the Euros. And then <laughs> I was like, "How can we?" Brings kiss controversy. <laughs> Aston Villa always brings controversy on this podcast when Max is involved, and Villa have just played Wolves, so I'll try and squeeze something out of this. And here we have it. So yeah, it's very topical. To be fair, that's what we're about here. It's very um, relevant. So. Uh, some of these are, are crazy as well. Emmy Martinez or Rui Patricio? Rui Patricio of all time, Emmy Martinez this season. I'm going to yeah. say Martinez just because of you, you this can't season. Argue with really that good. That yeah. Patricio has been better than him in his Definitely. career. 100%. Martinez. Max, it's quick fire. Yeah. Patricio. Martinez. You, you've you've, you've are we going off this, more. Can I clarify? Are we going off this season or all time? <sighs> We're kind of going off generally overall because if we we're going off this oh, season, going off overall, then it's Patricio's clearly better. Yeah, okay, Patricio. See, you you fucked Max even more here because he, he can't even defend himself, you know, or he can't even question anything. You've just said, you know, you've you've got these controversial things that are going to piss him off, and you've just got to take it. You'd be lying if you said you didn't have a smile on your oh, face right now. Yeah, I <laughs> with a massive smile on my face. Matty Cash or Nelson Semedo? Nelson Semedo. Cash. That's that's Cash. Jesus Christ. You two Tyrone Mings. <laughs> you can't see Charlie. You can't have this in quick fire picks because we need to discuss it. Fine. Let, okay, let's what? have semi quick fire picks. <laughs> why, why this season, Cash has been had a better overall career than Nelson Semedo. Oh, is that what we're doing? Are we doing won the Euros career? in the Nations League and Matty Cash hasn't even won the championship. Wait, are we do are we doing it overall career? Yeah, Chaz said we were doing it overall. Oh, I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. I thought we were just doing this season. 
We're not all making this this season. This season is very. It is a major indicator factor. But would it not make more sense to do this season? If we're going off this season, then cash, yeah. But yeah, but if we're going off this season, then we're picking the majority of Aston Villa players. Right. Well, let's do. Let's say seventy percent this season, thirty percent. This was a terrible idea. You haven't thought this through at all. Should you not just? Should we not do? Who would you want in your team if you had to pick out of two of them? Because if you if you go off that, then you sort of yeah, literally you're, you're yeah. taking everything into account. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. that works. <laughs> yeah, that works far better. Right, back right. to the top. Emmy Martinez or Patricia? Who do you want in your team? Yeah. Right, uh, Martinez. Cash or Samodo? Uh, cash. Cash. Oh, I was going to say Samodo. <laughs> I'll go Samedo. I'll go Samedo. I'd rather have him on my team. Mings or Cody? Cody. I'd, mm. I'd go Cody. Cody. I'd go Mings. I quite like Mings. Yeah, Esri Concert yeah. or Willy Bolly? Uh, Willy Bolly easily. Ooh, I go Bolly. See the difference when we haven't played without Willy this season. Right, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll go Bolly. Matt Targay or Jonathan uh, Jonathan or Johnny okay. Castro. Matt Targay. Okay. Who that, that's uh, how that's Johnny how the kind of thing. Um, we haven't played with him. We've only started playing good. I'm cultured. <laughs> Wait, who, who were the options? I got distracted by Targay. <laughs> Matt Target or Johnny? Uh Target. Mad Johnny, you can see the option. Uh, you can see the what's it called when we come back. Our form has improved since he's target. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's target. <laughs> it's not, mate. It's, it's target. Where have you got target from? I think I've heard a few commentators say target. English, mate. And... Yeah, it's like you're trying to put a European spin on target. Yeah, wow. Jesus. Douglas Louise or uh, Yami Yalmutinho. Yeah, Yalmutinho, yeah, that's easy. Um, Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I was lost, I was lost. Go back, go back. Douglas, Louise, or Yalmutinho? Yeah, I'll go Moutinho. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Sanson or Leonardo Dendonka? Morgan Sanson. You're not a Dendonka fan? No, not at all. Have you seen him this season? I go Dendonka, I haven't seen enough of Sanson. Yeah, I was going to go Dendonka just because I don't think I've barely seen anything of Sanson. John McGinn or Ruben Nevers? Ruben Nevers. Yeah, Nevers. Uh, yeah, I'll go Nevers. Jack Grealish or Pedro Neto? Jack Grealish. Yeah, Jack yeah. Grealish. That's a close one, to be fair. Yeah, that is a close one because Neto's been insane. That is. No, you, put, you put Neto against anyone else. You literally make, no, take Neto and you put him in any attacking system. He gets double figures in both goals and assists. Not West Brom. Uh, Bertrand Troyer or Dharma Troyer? Probably Bertrand, to be fair. I go Dharma. Dharma, Dharma, what are you doing? Oh, mate. Uh, Jamie's so hurt by that. But Bertrand's probably... We were, you were having arguments with us about Bertrand Troyer not long ago. Yeah, I know, but you said you'd put him in the He's team. In the light. And I was like, that's a bit far. So you'd rather have Troyer in your team, Bertrand Troyer in your team rather than a Dharma? I'd rather have Troyer in Troyer, yes. Right, okay. We'll say a little bit. <laughs> and finally, Raul Jimenez or Ollie Watkins? Uh, Raul Jimenez. Yeah, Jimenez. Yeah, Jimenez. Perfect. Uh, that was very controversial. <laughs> um, moving on to the big question, the concluding question this week. We're back to Messi and Ronaldo. We're milking this situation. Um, 
I'm asking what's next for the two best players in the world, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo. I think Messi's Messi. probably going to leave this summer. You could sort of imagine both of them leaving. Yeah. Because Ronaldo, Ronaldo's, I think Ronaldo said before that basically the only thing he cares about is Champions League. Yeah, I can see them both going to PSG. Oh, that'd be, I don't know if I'd want that or not. Imagine Neymar, Mbappe, Messi and Ronaldo. That would just be, oh my God, do you know, do you know how many goals they'd score? That's, I feel so bad for everyone else in the French League. Yeah, literally. Like, just, there'd, just, there'd just be no point in the season being played. Yeah. That'd be the yeah, most top-heavy team in the world, though, wouldn't it? Because their defence yeah. isn't the best. I can't, you don't need a defence if you've got that attack. Yeah. Literally just outscore your opponents, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, where do you see Messi going PSG? Could he go to City? You know, there is... I'll doubt City's on the card. Well, you've got to look at who, who can actually afford them, and Anything PSG and City are like on the, the only ones who can. Yeah. I really don't want to watch fucking Max Kilman or Romain Saiz, whoever we've got in centre back next season, come up against Messi because that would just, I think that would be the end of them. That's something we didn't mention in the Villa Wolves game. Romain Saiz's miss. <laughs> yeah, no, I just that don't. Was... I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, right that we're going to be talking about a Roman size miss when we're meant to be discussing Messi Ronaldo. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Messi against Sam Allardyce's West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be the, it'd just be the, the strangest. It'd just be the strangest game. You can't imagine Allardyce managing against Messi. It's weird. Yeah. I can't imagine him in the Prem. I'd love to. I'd love to see him here, but I. If he was going to come to the Prem, the only place he'd go is City because it's probably the only ones who can actually afford him. And yeah, I don't want to see City are already, it wouldn't even be legal. Like, it's City are already dominating. We don't need to see him with the best player in the world. Yeah. A situation that entices me a little bit is if Messi went to Manchester City and Cristiano Ronaldo came home to Manchester United. Yeah. That, the one mm. final dance between Messi and Ronaldo in the Manchester derby. That I feel like that's like the box office written on over. Yeah, I feel like that's the perfect scenario, but it's quite unlikely. I feel like both yeah. of them, like both of them, are going to want to leave. Messi obviously wants to leave, and I can't see Ronaldo wanting to stay with a team that can't get past the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're both going to want to leave, but whether they both can leave is a different question. That's, that's a, yeah. That's very depressing what you've just said because you said Ronaldo doesn't want to stay at a team that can't get past the quarterfinals and then Man United get knocked out of the group stage. So I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That fantasy that we're held. No, yeah. He, there's no way he'd come to United. He, he's been a. He'd come to United basically on the basis he's been there before. He's been, flirt, he's been flirting with the idea of coming back to United ever since he'd left and he's pissed me off. Oh every yeah! Single, every single you, interview you've never he does. Into those rumors, have you, Jamie? What about Ronaldo coming back? You've never bought into it. When he first started, and he was giving those interviews where he was like, "Oh, you don't know anything can happen." But after about the fucking fifth season of him saying, "I don't know anything can happen," I was like, "Yeah, it's probably not going to happen." Yeah. I just got sick. I just, I just probably just came out and said, "No, I'm not going back to United. Fuck off. Stop asking me." Jamie has actually unfollowed Ronaldo on Instagram. I did that. I did that a long time ago. I did that a long time ago. Are you still unfollowing him? I am. I am. I am. Yeah. After he, after he, he's got not going to come to United knowing Jamie's not following. Him. Yeah, I know. I know. 
I Maybe I'm the side if they ever bring him back, they should do the announcement video of Jamie following him back. <laughs> after after he got his abs out when he scored against us. Yeah. Uh, pissed me off that. Jamie sat in his room with his half trim, just sort of were we following. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job not doing fucking face cam. Oh, we are uh, next week, mate. We are. Right, I'll I'll, I'll handle of sorted it by next week to be fair. So oh, lovely. I really want to see a photo of this. No, there's no it's in way. existence now. We spoke it into existence. You have to... Yeah, you have to follow up, mate, unfortunately. No, because I don't trust you. I don't trust you. This is this is when we were... If we were a classic uh, high-sub YouTube channel, we'd go, hit this many likes for a uh, Jamie Trim reveal. <laughs> well, we do that. 32 likes for a Jamie Trim reveal. Yeah. If I said I had tweets... <laughs> one like on this video, Jamie Trimmerville. Fuck off, I'm not showing anyone this trim. <laughs> not even for 32 likes? No, no. Oh. I'm desperate. Oh, no. I'm on my knees for this. Um, back to it, though. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, what, where do you see him going then? Other, if he's not going to go United, which he's not, and leave Juventus, the, the, the options are limited, aren't they? I'd say back to Real Madrid. Like that seems like probably the perfect oh. option. Every everyone would want him back. He's loved there. I don't. I don't. I don't see why he ever left. To be honest, that is true. I think he. I think. I think he was. Expect, I think he was just expecting more from Juventus when he joined. But you can't. You can't imagine him wanting to stay at a club that's going to go out in the round of sixteen of the Champions League every season when yeah. his main aim is to win that. Because you look at the Juventus team on paper, and you don't, you don't even think I don't even give them a chance of winning the Champions League. Yeah. So yeah, and and Messi, we already know Messi wants out, but he can't get out. Definitely. Yeah, he, he can't, he can't, he can't keep staying at Barcelona when we're like this. But then they've they've, they've fucked themselves by being this good at football, because yeah. no one can afford them. It's yeah. their own faults. Definitely. Um, well, we don't want to see, you know, them go into the MLS or China to retire. We don't no, want to see that's, that. That's, 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 yeah, that's, 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 I'd love to see Messi in China. Isn't the Chinese that, league he, slowly dying? Aren't they all going out of... Yeah, one of the clubs uh, that yeah. won the league last year, Jiangsu Suning, went bust. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that says it all about the Chinese league. Yeah. By the way, there is the most incredible sunset taking place at the minute. Wow. My room. Jesus, that's bright. Overrated. Um, so that is it. We've discussed yeah. messing with how do we discuss everything? Any parting words from the both of you that you want to speak into existence on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow my Twitter, Maximus Arvo. I need to get more followers than Chaz by the end of the year. Or whatever, Jamie. If Trump I do, you have to buy me a box of French fondant fancies. Or Mr. Kipling. You have you have quite you have quite a few, Max, don't you? I've uh, I've got one hundred and sixty five. I've gained like a hundred this year alone. Jeez, this guy's going on. What's about Max on? My journalist show yeah, what's on, uh, what's Charlie on? Started acting like myself. What's Charlie on? Are we just gonna skip past the fact that Max has just made that scenario up out of his head of, like randomly? What? No. What's he on there? Charlie, yeah, that, if, if you get, I'll have to buy you a box of French fondant fancies. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? 
Oh, well, yeah, how many followers has uh, Charlie got? He's got like 190. I don't know. Jeez, um, these guys. Jamie would have more if he. Uh, fucking God knows, God knows how many I've got. Uh, I, said it, I think I've ever yeah, I know. I'm on 1,000 following. You're following 1,000 people. Yeah, you've only got 190. Right. Fucking oh, hell, no wonder you've got 190 followers. Jesus Christ. How many am I following? Yeah. Out of those 100,000. No, you follow a thousand people. Your Twitter feed must be fucking awful. No, I'm only following following 240. Half of them, half of them. I'm following like 400 and something. Jesus, Charlie, fucking hell. It's embarrassing. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I think we should end. I think we should end it on that note. Yeah, the abuse that I've just received. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, follow well, at delay kickoff one. I haven't done a throwback Thursday post. Fuck. Oh, you better do one. Game over. <laughs> yeah, I'll do yeah. it. I'll do it later. You'll end up otherwise and just completely neglect the account. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag make me. Instagram. I need. To, I need to start posting more on the delayed kickoff Twitter. I've, I've gone off a bit. Yeah. You what sent a tweet in your personal. Uh, what was it? Three three days ago, was it about Klopp again? I've, get ab- up quickly. I've absolutely no idea. I remember seeing it every time I see a Jamie Oakley tweet. I get. I retweeted something. I retweeted something about Klopp. The last thing I actually I actually tweeted was when oh. Alex said different rules for Arsenal, and I yeah. said it's as if the same thing can happen to United last week. That's the one I was referring to. To be honest. Yeah. Thanks. What yeah. the fuck could Oli have possibly said at half time to make us play even worse in the second half than we did in the first half? That that was oh, again facts. That was out of rage. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't out of rage, it's a complete that was out of sense. That is that was a genuine question that had to be asked. That, yeah. But we've since beat Man City 2 0 and we're gonna win everything, so it don't matter. Um thank you all for watching, listening, consuming this content, and we will see you. Next week on the Jake of Podcast. Lovely. Take care.